The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 292, broadcasting live Thursday, May 7th, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, there are a couple of ways you can listen to the show. Um, You can go and watch live video and 96K audio on mtrlive.com. You can also watch a video feed on gfqlive.tv. If you're using a mobile device, you can get the Mixler app, download it, and use look for My Take Radio, either for iOS or Android, and you can listen to the show that way. And of course, last but not least, you can use our call-in number and not hit option one, and you'll be able to listen to the show that way. Uh, Just a little background about the show. If you're a new listener, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Of course, it is part of the RageWorks Podcast Network, along with shows like Black is the New Black, The Buried Show, MTR Behind the Mic, and MTR Beyond the Mic. As always, there is strong language, so listener and viewer discretion is advised. Archived episodes can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and video archives are available on our two YouTube channels, My Take Radio TV and Official RageWorks. All right, so before we get into some of the big stuff that we got to announce, uh, first up, we are going to announce the winner of the Moto X contest. Danny from Royal Flush Magazine will be joining me, and we will make that announcement. Um, the other thing I did want to address was the outage of RageWorks yesterday. Uh, Yesterday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there was a server issue with our current web host, Traffic Planet, and um, server went down. After the server was restored, it it was brought to my attention that we lost a lot of stuff that I had worked on. Uh, Usually the backups that they do on the site are overnight, and the last backup, I believe, was at 2.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, and I was still working on content for the site till about 3.30 with a brief break and then working on content shortly after that. So anything that I wrote after 3 a.m. was lost, which, of course, uh, delayed a lot of stuff that we wanted to get out. 
and in essence makes forces me to have to rewrite a lot of the stuff I did. Items that were lost were our tilt car mount review, which we actually I actually rewrote that earlier today and will be posted after tonight's show along with video for that product. We also got a pair of of PS4 headphones that we're reviewing and we lost that. I also lost my review of Mortal Kombat X, which considering how long the game has been out at this point, I don't even know if it's worth me rewriting the review because at this point nobody gives a shit. But who knows, maybe if I feel like being creative, I'll rewrite it and um, keep it a little shorter and post it nonetheless. But that's where that's where we are with re- that's where we're at with regards to with our outage from yesterday. The other thing I did want to mention is the stuff regarding the forums and the groups and the Patreon. We are neck deep in so many improvements that we're making on the back end, uh, working with um, some of our web developers and some freelancers that I brought on board. And because of that, those other projects have fallen by the wayside. I have not forgotten about our Patreon and a couple of other things, but I had to kind of put that on the back burner until we resolved uh, these bigger issues, especially the stuff on the back end, which is going to make it easier for people to write on the site and work on the site, which at the end of the day, that is paramount to me. The other thing I did want to address is a couple of people have reached out expressing interest to write for Rageworks or work on podcasts on the Rageworks network. And I wanted to address that on this particular segment of the show for a couple of reasons. Obviously, from a gaming and entertainment standpoint, um, adding more podcasts to the Rageworks network is always a wonderful idea. But again, it's always about commitment. And I talk about this with my very own staff. All of you that work with me on Rageworks know that if you can't commit, you know, it, it makes things it makes things difficult and it makes my job harder. And I try I try to be a pretty easygoing individual with regards to running Rageworks occasionally, you know, I got to be a little, you know, I have to, I have to play the boss, which is good and bad, but that's, that's a separate issue. But for those of you that have reached out expressing interest uh, for podcasting or for writing on Rageworks, please note that, you know, it's, it's a commitment and I'm not going to just let anybody do it anymore. Uh, Just because you express interest doesn't mean that you are ready to be committed for the long haul. I tell people this, especially with podcasts. I mean, our, our friends at Black is the New Black just celebrated their 10th episode. The third season of The Buried Show begins. Uh, we got their newest episode. I should be editing and posting that later this evening. And things like that, you know, they require a lot of work, um, a lot of follow-up. And again, it's one of those things where if you're if you're sending me sample articles and sending me sample podcasts, I appreciate it. I love that you guys are doing that and expressing so much interest in working with us. But again, it's one of those things that requires a lot of commitment. You know, I can't have, you know, let me do three episodes of a podcast and then can't do it or whatever, because uh, it's it's not going to be cool. And then what happens is then then I got to play the I got to play the dick. I got to be the asshole, which uh, sometimes it's necessary, but I I don't take any pleasure in doing it unless it is a must. So I figured I'd bring that up for those of you that have reached out. Um, I figured I'd address that on a grand scale so that everybody knows where we're at. Okay. The other thing I did want to address, I know we've been slacking on the, on the live streaming 
on our Twitch channel. We actually do have a Twitch channel. Um, we decommissioned the My Take Radio Twitch and created a RageWorks Twitch channel, but haven't done anything yet. Hopefully, I am going to rectify that uh, in the coming weeks. And once everything is up and running, we'll try and set up a consistent streaming schedule, maybe Friday nights or Saturday afternoons. Who knows? We'll figure something out. But there, there is a Twitch channel for RageWorks. I know some of you guys have been clicking and checking it out. Um, I see all the all the traffic on the site that leads to that particular link. Unfortunately, I have not uh, really gotten it together with regards to that, and I apologize. A uh, couple of things on the horizon on May 22nd. We will be recording a brand new MTR behind the mic interview with the real Brian from ProfitCast. And he also does a Green Arrow podcast and a Flash podcast, which I definitely want to talk to him about as I am a large, large supporter of both those shows. So we're definitely going to get into that. Um, and like I said, that's going to be on May 22nd. Of course, uh, MTR behind the mic will be available first to My Take Radio app owners. So if you are a My Take Radio app owner, you will get that before it is released to the general public. The general public will have at least a week delay before they get their hands on that episode. I think it's fair uh, to those that have invested in the MTR app. If you haven't, you can find it for iOS, Windows, Mobile, and Android devices. For Android, it's available in the Amazon Android Marketplace. For iOS, of course, you're heading to iTunes. And for Windows 8 and Windows Mobile devices, you are heading to the Windows Store. Again, we are recording that on May 22nd. In June, we'll be covering Special Edition NY, uh, which is the first week in June, the first weekend. And we're also going to be covering Consumer Electronics Week towards the end of the month. Of course, with that, there's going to be probably a couple of broadcast changes um, with regards to certain shows, but... We'll address those as they come up. I also relaunched a Tumblr page for RageWorks. If you're a Tumblr user, just look for RageWorks on Tumblr, and you can check out some of our stuff there as well. All right, so I was waiting for Danny to pop in, but I figured let's get the ball rolling with regards to the winner of the Moto X contest. If Danny comes in, of course, she'll join me for some gaming, but... Let's get this out of the way since we're already 10 minutes into this evening's show. So, the winner of the Moto X contest is Jen Flores. Jen actually uh, wrote a very very touching story on the on her contract on her contest entry and um I really was I mean there were some great entries um one from Isaiah, one from Brian Javon Lewis, of course, representing. He had a very, very good entry, and he came in immediately. But um, Jen's entry actually just resonated with me. You know, she had, a, like I said, a very touching story, and I felt that, you know, her story, her story resonated with with me a little different than, you know, the, than the other ones. I laughed, and and you know, I I I genuinely got a chuckle, um, but. Her her story was was really cool. Like I said, it was very touching, and I understand you know being being a quasi parent, you know, wanting to have the a phone to take pictures of your kids and and doing all that stuff. So Jen, congratulations! You are the you you've officially won a, a essentially brand new Moto X with a bamboo back. 
Uh, please make sure to email me your address at rich at rageworks.net. And we will get that phone out to you probably tomorrow so that hopefully you will get it this weekend and you can enjoy it. Um, if possible, please send us or share on our fan page a before and after picture of your old phone alongside your Moto X. I just I just want to show our listeners so that, you know, they can see that it, it, it wasn't just the fact that the phone was brand new and you needed the phone, but the fact that there was an amazing story behind it. So congratulations, Jen. Thank you for your entry. Thank you for supporting My Take Radio and Rageworks and, of course, Royal Flush Magazine, and we hope you enjoy the phone. So there you have it. Uh, Jen is the winner, and um, we're going to be doing another giveaway within the next week or so. I got some some crazy stuff here in the MTR prize closet. And I don't need it. <laughs> like I said, like I said yesterday doing uh, during our MMA and wrestling uh, wrestling edition, I said, you know, we got lots of different prizes, lots of stuff all over the place. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't need this stuff. I don't want to keep it. Uh, the company was gracious enough to let us keep it, but we don't need it unless, you know, one of our staffers is going to do something with it. Everything is being given away. There's no necessity to keep a house full of shit. That's not that's not the name of the game. But um, we're going to be doing contests, like I said, probably every other week or every two weeks throughout the summer, all the way to MTR 300. And um, with regards to MTR 300, I think I have a very, very cool idea. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And if it works, it's it's going to be cool. We'll see what the we'll see how it unfolds, because MTR 300 will be here before you know it, as a matter of fact. We are eight episodes away. All right, so what's on deck for tonight? We are going to be talking about a, a ton of gaming news, including some really solid profitability numbers for Nintendo. Nintendo definitely has really made a lot of strides over the last couple of months, obviously, with all the games and, and the Amiibos. It should not be a shocker. They got Splatoon coming out at the end of the month. I actually saw their Nintendo Direct event, and I've been talking about this game for ages. So we're going to be digging into Splatoon when it drops towards the end of the month, and I will be doing working my hardest to ensure that I get a Wii U with the game and actually review it for you guys, because that game, I was sold on the concept as of, as of last year's E3, and it's finally coming up, so definitely make sure to be on the lookout for that. We're also going to get into some of the other gaming news of the week. We got a ton of entertainment news, including a lot of developments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do want to talk about Suicide Squad and a couple of other things. And as always, we will take your calls 347-324-3541. Again, 347-324-3541 if you want to participate or you can head over to mtrlive.com, jump in the chat, and we can interact that way. But without any further ado, let's jump into this week's gaming news, shall we? All right, so first thing I want to address is something that I kind of talked about last week and the week before and has now been pretty much validated by the publisher, and that is WWE 2K15 on the PC being a moddable game. Uh, Marcus Stevenson from 2K actually confirmed that the game is moddable. 
the, the PC version of WWE 2K15 hit retailers this past Tuesday, making it the first WWE game to be released on the PC since WWE Raw in 2002. So if you're a hardcore modder and a PC gamer, definitely give WWE 2K15 a spin. You get most of the DLC and all the characters as well, and you'll be able to do some really cool edits. I've seen some stuff floating around, but I haven't shared it yet because I've seen a lot of screenshots and not a lot of video. Hopefully people are going to start cranking out videos of some of the mods they did so I can share them with you guys. I mean, like I talked about a couple of weeks back, when this was announced, you know, I was talking about just doing all the mods with WWE No Mercy you, using the Game Shark, and now to see something like that being done for WWE 2K15 on the PC is going to be very cool. Obviously, the easiest mod is probably going to be somebody's going to end up being naked because <laughs> that's how shit works. Uh, you know, we learned that the hard way with Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball and an, a, a plethora of other Dead or Alive games, so I wouldn't be shocked if that happens in WWE 2K15 as well. But I'm curious to see what people come up with. If you're a hardcore PC gamer and a listener of the show and you pick up the game, definitely send us your mods. You know, we'd love to share them with our our readers and our listeners and our viewers. I think they would really appreciate some of their creativity that you guys bring to the table. All right, so this next bit of news, I'm sure Slick was annoyed about as soon as he as as soon as he heard about it. And that involves the Dead Island 2 release. Originally scheduled for 2015, um, looks like Dead Island 2 will now be moved to 2016. They actually put out a statement with regards to that and said the following. We have always set ourselves a big goal for Dead Island 2 to create the sequel that that takes Dead Island to the next level. A game that takes what our fans tell us that they love about the game, you know, including multiple different characters, co-op and turning a paradise setting into a zombie slaughter melee and a game that adds a ton more content and combat options on top of that we wanted to have that all done for a release in spring 2015 we've been looking at the game long and hard and we have decided that we didn't reach that goal that we set out to achieve quite yet and have decided to delay dead island 2 to 2016 obviously with with pretty much spring in in full session I had a feeling that that was going to happen. It was just a matter of waiting for the proverbial shoe to drop. But, you know, I I respect that they're doing it. And it's funny because Slick said, I already played the real Dead Island 2 and that game is dying light. This game will hopefully be just as good. And Slick also added that they delayed it because they know it fell short of dying light. And, you know, the funny thing is dying light was on Slick's radar for quite some time. He put a, a lot of work into sharing Um, all the great things possible with that game. And the great thing was that a lot of people felt just like Slick did. And, you know, seeing, seeing that was very refreshing for me because for, you know, Slick put in a lot of work and, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that to hear that Dead Island 2 is being delayed and it's a game that's going to be on Slick's radar. I know he's going to jump at the chance to get into his hands on that as well. The other big news this week was the Arkham Knight Season Pass. Now, a lot of people have love-hate relationships with Season Passes. I, myself, have been very vocal about it. I I did fall into the proverbial trap with um, Mortal Kombat X, and that's, you know, that's one of my own. You know, that's something that that I got to deal with. But nonetheless, they are doing 
some some crazy shit, some of which I do feel shouldn't be relegated to DLC and season pass and really should have been put in the in the initial campaign for the game. But again, it's something that they got to do to get people's attention. So what they are doing with the season pass and the premium edition are a couple of things. First off, one of the, one of the big news stories is that you can play as Batgirl. Uh, you'll be able to play a campaign with her, and um, it's a prequel story expansion set in an entirely new location, and you'll be able to play as Batgirl for the first time in the Arkham series. The other addition to the season pass is a, is a section called the Season of Infamy, which is going to allow you to play as Batman and have brand new story missions featuring a whole bunch of different supervillains invading Gotham City. You're going to get new story arcs, missions, and gameplay features. Gotham City Stories is going to involve some of Batman's key allies in narrative missions extending their storylines. So, you know, we're going to get that, and that's going to be from both before and after the events of Batman Arkham Knight. You're also going to get some theme tracks for the Batmobile. You're also going to be able to play as some of the different Batmobiles from Batman's past, including, obviously, the new one and some of the retro ones as well. You're also getting Crime Fighter Challenge maps, you're getting a ton of character skins for both Batman, Robin, Nightwing, and Catwoman. So a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. Of course, it's not free and you're going to be on the hook for it. But um, again, it's something that some people were really excited about. Some people were pissed off and others are still on the fence anyway. But I will tell you this, the game hits PS4, Xbox One, and PC on June 23rd. So you're not going to have too much time to, to really weigh out these options. Plus, most of the uh, the really expensive special editions of the game have sold out at various retailers. So, you're either going to have to get some of the lower-tiered versions or you're going to have to pull the trigger and buy the standard version and then purchase the Season Pass separately if you want to get all this stuff. Again, make sure to check your local retailers, your mom-and-pop stores, and see what the deal is because, as always, your mileage may vary. All right, so... We, we've talked about this at length on numerous episodes of the show, and it's double-dipping various games. Um, obviously, you know, the God of War collection, uh, certain games that are being re-released on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, as quote-unquote remastered editions. Well, aside from that, a new trend is slowly taking form, and that is taking DLC expansions and releasing them as individual games. We've seen, we've seen this happen once or twice, but it's starting to become a lot more prevalent. Well, the next, the newest piece of DLC getting a standalone release is The Last of Us Left Behind, which is going to be getting its own release on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4. Digital Spy actually reported that the prequel expansion is set to be released as a standalone purchase on May 12th. You're going to also get a two-hour demo for the Factions multiplayer mode. So, if you haven't picked up the, the prequel DLC and you're kind of on the fence about it, it will be released as its own game. Again, that is hitting, um, that is going to be available on May 12th. The Last of Us Left Behind is set before the core game and features the character of Ellie. Again, some of you are going to be extremely annoyed about this because obviously you shelled out the money for the, for the DLC. And now you're probably going to be able to get that and a, and a couple of other features with a standalone release. I mean, The Last of Us is a game that's gotten 
acclaim, critical acclaim across the board, and people did enjoy the prequel DLC. It's one of those things where once people start purchasing this stuff and it starts making sizable headway, I, I'm going to see, I, I'm almost guaranteeing that other publishers and developers are going to be pulling the trigger on this kind of stuff on the regular. This 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 is only the beginning, as always, and I've and you know Slick can vouch for this as well. You know companies release things as 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 test runs, and if they're successful, it starts to become the standard. We've talked about that with you know hundred dollar special editions, hundred and fifty dollar special editions, two hundred dollar special editions. Before you know it, you know to a two hundred and fifty dollar special edition of a game is is gonna be common commonplace or a $300 special edition or 350 it's going to be commonplace and they're just going to cram it full of stuff just to you know give people another tier and another way for you to part with your money and again it's all it's all a matter of choice at that point and you can decide to pull the trigger or not but um the the thing with the with the DLC being released as a standalone title i mean you can take it or leave it. I've talked to a couple of people about it and they were like, yeah, you know, I played the game. I bought the DLC. I mean, it's great that, you know, those people that missed out can, can get into that game without having to purchase the last of us. But, um, like slick just said, it's included in the PS4 version, which is crazy. So those of you that have already purchased the game on the PS4 have already got that DLC in there, which is insane, but you're going to now, essentially double dip if you're a PlayStation 4 owner because you can just as easily buy The Last of Us Remastered and get that DLC included and not have to play a whole, you know, purchase a separate game for that. It's it's really, really weird. I, like I said, I'm not, I, I'm in a mixed, I'm, I'm in a 50-50 camp. And the reason I say that is because sometimes the DLC ends up being better than the main game there have been instances where that is the case and there have been other instances where the dlc is like let me give you guys an example the last gears of war game gears of war judgment i remember picking that up playing through the game reviewing it and saying to myself this game could have been released as additional dlc for for the other gears of war game and there was no necessity to charge people 60 dollars because you plowed through the campaign in in a couple of hours and before you know it the game was completed so you know it's 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 really really crazy and like i said it's just a testing ground for for companies to try different things to see what works slick just informed me that the last of us remastered is 20 dollars at walmart as a digital download how crazy is that 20 bucks for the last of us remastered that gives you the left behind uh, DLC plus the game and it's 20 bucks. So again, freedom of choice people, but last of us remastered is 20 bucks right now. That's all I'm saying. All right. So Disney infinity, of course, continues to make their presence felt obviously with wave one, then Marvel joining the fray in wave two. Well, I am pleased to report that Disney infinity 3.0 will be getting characters from star Wars as well as Avengers Age of Ultron characters. The 3.0 set will be debuting this fall for $65 for the PC, Xbox One, PS4, PS3, and Xbox 360, as well as the Wii U, and on mobile platforms, iOS, and Android. 
Later on in the fall, obviously closer to the film's release, characters from the Star Wars Force Awakens film will also be joining Disney Infinity 3.0. So if you are a Star Wars fan or your kids are Star Wars fans and you're currently playing Disney Infinity, definitely do not part with the game because there will be some there will be many many cool additions joining that roster including Jedi and Sith characters such as Yoda, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka Tano, and um, for Age of Ultron, of course, you're going to get Ultron, Iron Man, you're going to get Hulkbuster, Iron Man, and um, you're going to get a couple of new vehicle features as well. Again, this stuff is going to be hitting in the fall, so be on the lookout for it. Other characters, aside from the Sith and the Jedi, are that were also announced included Princess Leia, Chewbacca, Han Solo, General Grievous, and Darth Maul. The debut set is Twilight of the Republic, which you're going to get Anakin and Ahsoka as they fight, as they try to find out who is behind the new droid army. The story is set after Attack of the Clones, and um, the other set that they're selling is the Rise Against the Empire set, which you're going to get Luke and Leia, and of course you're going to face off against Darth Vader, and um, you're going to get a couple of memorable sequences, including the Battle of Yavin, Hoth, and Tatooine. Again, Disney Infinity 3.0 hits retailers this fall. Um, Be on the lookout for a full write-up on RageWorks.net by this weekend, as well as hopefully some pictures of some of the characters that you can expect to see in Disney Infinity 3.0. Now, if you guys remember a couple of weeks back, there were discussions about the Oculus Rift and its distribution to the general public. Now, when... We went to look at the Samsung Galaxy Note 4. We got to try um, a gear headset that was created by the by Oculus Rift and use the Note 4 as the screen. And it showed a, a lot of promise, tremendous potential. But the bigger question was, when are we going to see Oculus Rift available to the general public for use on a broader scale? Well... It's been announced that Oculus Rift will be getting a consumer version in the first quarter of 2016. You'll be able to start pre-ordering it later this year. Uh, The company said in a statement, the Rift delivers on the dream of consumer VR with a compelling content, a full ecosystem, and fully integrated hardware and software tech stacked and designed specifically for virtual reality. So if you're someone that's looking to jump into VR gaming and have been monitoring the progress of the Oculus Rift, know that you'll be able to pre-order it later on this year with a worldwide with a worldwide release to the general public in 2016. All right, so this next bit of news I'm I'm particularly happy about and I say this because I just finished playing uh the last the last sequel, well, not really the last sequel to this game, one of the last sequels and that is Assassin's Creed. I just finished playing Assassin's Creed Unity, which I actually picked up as part of the Ubisoft buy one, get one free sale, along with Assassin's Creed Rogue, which I'm playing on the Xbox 360. Well, looks like the next Assassin's Creed codename Victory is being announced on May 12th. The rumor right now, and a lot of people have been fueling that rumor, is that this next Assassin's Creed will be taking place in Victorian era London which is pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. I think that, um, you know, going into London is going to yield a lot of really cool stuff. And um, 
I really was surprised by how enjoyable Assassin's Creed Unity was. I mean, seeing it uh, on the Xbox One and seeing all the work that went into it, obviously with all the glitches fixed, really showcased that when Ubisoft puts their mind to it, they can create not only a great, uh, a very cool and compelling story, but they also can give us something that's just a beauty to look at. I mean, I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Unity, and I'm playing through Assassin's Creed Rogue right now, and I'm enjoying it just the same. I'm just not a fan of the of the sailing on the fucking ships, like like you know, in Black Flag, just not my thing. I do like the hunting that they continued to use in Assassin's Creed, introduced in Assassin's Creed Three. You can do that in Assassin's Creed Rogue. Uh, Unity, on the other hand, like I, uh, on the other hand, like I said, is a a beautiful experience, fully immersive. Uh, the city is vast. The graphics look amazing. Uh, the character models look incredibly realistic. And I did like there's one section, and you know, consider it a spoiler if you haven't played the game, where you can actually come into more. Uh, you know, you get out of the the Renaissance era of France, so to speak and go into like World War II and you're able to do all this cool stuff that um you know was really crazy with the Nazis and and everything else. I was like, "Wow, this is this is bananas." Not World War II. Um yeah, was it World War II with the Nazis? My history's a little fucked up. Slick to the Google machine. Anyway, you know, it was it was really cool coming into into that era with Arno and you're able to scale like the Eiffel Tower and shit. I really thought that I that that was tremendous i i like the fact that you were able to you know grab a a gatling gun on the top of the eiffel tower to try and shoot down a plane and then you jump through the rift to go back to um thank you thank you slick i just wanted to make sure um um you know seeing that seeing that unfold and just the graphics were tremendous and i could extol the virtues of the game but but at this stage in the game everyone's played it and if you haven't you can probably pick it up for 20 bucks I did enjoy Unity. I didn't get to play through most of the DLC because after I finished the campaign, I kind of jumped into Assassin's Creed Rogue because, like I said, I picked them up, the buy one, get one free sale, and they were still in plastic. And I was like, fuck, let me let me give these games a shot. I got a huge backlog of games. That's why I haven't really been jumping out and trying to review some of this new stuff because I got such a backlog of old stuff as well that I want to get through. But as I said, if you've been on the fence on Assassin's Creed Unity, you can pick it up for 20 bucks. Some people that are picking up Xbox Ones, you can get the Assassin's Creed Unity bundle where you get that and Black Flag if you want to check it out. Anyway, the next Assassin's Creed, which is Assassin's Creed Victory, will be unveiled on May 12th, I believe at 1 p.m. And um, once we get that, we will definitely share it with you guys. Of course, PS4, Xbox One, and PC are going to be the systems of choice for this next Assassin's Creed game. All right, so last bit of gaming news I wanted to talk about. A lot of people were very vocal about this on Facebook, and it is Nintendo's partnership with Universal, which is going to allow them to create uh, rides and attractions using Nintendo properties at Universal. Uh, I Seeing this and reading this is really, really cool. Um, one thing in particular that I think could be leveraged by any amusement park is Mario Kart. I think that, you know, going to Disney World and doing uh, the test track at, es- at Epcot and stuff like that, I think that something like Mario Kart would be awesome as a ride. Uh, maybe just have it that you can throw, like, stuff virtually, maybe with a, you know, with a computerized screen, 
and you can throw shells and stuff and drive around the track. I think that would be really cool. I know that Nintendo as a whole has some amazing, amazing properties that you can do a lot with, and I think a Nintendo theme park would do very well. I think kids would really enjoy it. Plus, you know, the merchandising possibilities at at this point are endless, considering how many characters they have out there, including, you know, all of Mario's characters, Link and all the characters from The Legend of Zelda, not to mention Kirby, F-Zero, Smash Brothers. There's so many. And, you know, going old school with Punch-Out! and some of the other old school franchises, I think that this partnership is going to be great for both companies. And it's good to see Nintendo stepping outside of their comfort zone, working with more U.S. companies and trying to make a better, a bigger footprint Considering that they have some of the most iconic, some of the most iconic characters in the gaming industry, I'm going to be watching this story very carefully. And of course, once we get more information, we will definitely share it with you guys. All right. So, with that said, we are going to wrap up the gaming news on that note, and we're going to switch gears and jump into the entertainment news of the week. So let's get to it. Alright, so before I get into the entertainment news of the week, I do want to talk a little bit about Avengers Age of Ultron, which you can check out our review on RageWorks.net. Now, I got to see the movie the uh, last Saturday, and I was thoroughly impressed. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it immensely. And many people were vocal about plot holes, and they were vocal about, you know, the first one being better than the second etc etc I don't want to get into spoiler territory the only thing I do want to say is that you're not watching Citizen Kane you're not watching Lawrence of Arabia Dr. Zhivago anything of of Oscar caliber you're watching movies based on comic books where people with extraordinary abilities are fighting mechanized robots in a fictional country for your amusement please take that into consideration the other thing I did want to talk about is something that has been uh, running rampant the last couple of weeks, and that is overly sensitive comic fanboys. You know, overly sensitive comic fanboys. It's, it's, it's something that it's a gift and a curse. And the reason I say this is because we are all passionate. Geeks exist in every, in every genre. And when I say this, I say it from the standpoint that if you love baseball and you know statistics and you play fantasy baseball, you are a baseball geek. If you're into football, you hold fantasy drafts, you know every stat, you watch every game, you got the season pack for the NFL, you are a football geek. Same thing with MMA, same thing with comics, same thing with TV, whatever the case may be, we are geeks in each genre. People just don't call it that, they'll call it fans or diehards geeks now the reason i say this is because people are over they're really blowing out of proportion so many things with regards to marvel or the avengers or just the way that that any of these products are being handled that what they end up doing is that as passionate as these companies are to take your money and these celebrities are to bring your characters to life they are 
they feel that they're being chastised for doing what is essentially something that is done for you, the viewer. Don't get me wrong. There are many things in many movies that I've watched consider, you know, that pertain to things that I enjoyed growing up that weren't done right, that were done wrong, but it's it's a cowardly move to jump on Twitter and here's a good example. Michael Bay. I know an overwhelming amount of people that are not fans of Michael Bay. Okay? They watch his movies, they hate them, they think they're shitty, whatever the case may be, and that's fine. You're everyone's entitled to their opinion. But it you know, there's no necessity to go on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever social media platform that this particular individual's on, in this case Michael Bay, and just go, Michael Bay, you're a piece of shit. I hope you get cancer and die. It's no necessity for that. If you're not a fan of what the guy brings to the table, here's a very easy solution. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't put money in the guy's pocket and you'll feel better. And I bring this up because a lot of people are very adamant and very vocal about things involving the Black Widow in Avengers Age of Ultron. From her relationship with Bruce Banner to the way the character was written to the stuff that happened in the Red Room to a revelation that she made in the film. And I say this, it is a cinematic universe. It is an interpretation of the character that is being done for consumption by the masses. <laughs> there was nothing there was nothing spoiled in that sentence whatsoever. Anyway, the fact the fact is that some of the stuff that was that was addressed in the film was really viewed negatively by a certain amount of people. And people were were talking about it on social media. Some people went as far as to reach out to Joss Whedon and say just really, really terrible fucking things. And the problem with this is that just because you can reach out to someone on social media doesn't necessarily mean that you should. Because sometimes your 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 inner fanboy or inner fangirl is going to come out and your commentary is going to look really fucking stupid. Uh, simple as that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys an example. I am, I'm a big fan of Quentin Tarantino. I enjoy a large percentage of his movies. I love his work. And for every good movie he's done, he's had his fair share of movies that were questionable, but I've enjoyed them. Now, just because I enjoy the guy, the, enjoy the guy's body of work and, you know, I'm an opinionated individual doesn't mean that I'm going to reach out to him and tell him how he should or shouldn't write his next film or who he should or shouldn't cast as a certain character. It's not my place to do it. If I don't like the way it looks, I don't watch it. But that's how it goes. People people jump on social media and they feel that just because you can reach out to these people that you can say some some really, really terrible things. Now, Joss Whedon ended up leaving Twitter and of course a lot of people were blaming it on the overzealous fanboys and fangirls that reached out to him, but he did go on record and, and dispelled those rumors. But what I do want to say, and, and you know, I, I say this to all of my fellow geeks, whether they're MMA geeks, wrestling geeks, movie geeks, comic geeks, action figure geeks, whatever the case may be, please be passionate about everything. Please. We need to be passionate because that's the way that our stuff and our interests get brought to a, to a larger you know, to a larger scale, but please be aware that certain things are not going to be as good as we'd like them to be. Sometimes they do it right. Sometimes they don't. 
How many times can we talk about comic movies being done wrong, even though the source material is right there? You don't have to read a lengthy novel or a book. You just have to pick up an issue and get acquainted with the character or a couple of issues. But Hollywood decides that they want to go in a different direction and either we embrace it or we don't. Everybody that's a hardcore comic fan knows that Ultron was created by Hank Pym, a.k.a. Ant-Man. The Marvel Cinematic Universe thought that, you know, Ant-Man fucking sucks, even though they're making a movie about him, which I'll address later. So Ultron was a product of someone else. And that's the kind of stuff that some people may agree with. Some people may not. Some people are going to be like, yo, this is bullshit. Hey, you don't like it. You have to remember it is called the cinematic universe for a reason. If you don't agree with it, jump right back into the 616 universe or whatever the Marvel universe is going to be called after Secret Wars and go about your business. Simple as that. Because going on social media and yelling at at celebrities or directors or comic artists or whatever it may be, yeah, you're going to feel good about it, but you're actually going to also be a catalyst in the person being soured on that fan base. And this goes for everything. You know, people, people, they go, they get overly sensitive about stuff and celebrities got to apologize for shit and, you know, stuff that's, that's harmless, that's meaningless. And the reason I say this is because there's bigger shit going on in this world that is of far more importance than, you know, the way one character was written in a movie that you may watch maybe once or twice and then you're going to move on. Doesn't make any sense. There's bigger shit out there. Don't get me wrong. Did, did I... Did I take issue with the way Michael Bay did the Ninja Turtles? Yes. I had the option to not watch the movie or to watch the movie and, and you know, write about it. I watched the movie. I wrote about it. I didn't end up hating it as much as I thought I did. It had its flaws. But I'll be honest. If, if I would have sent a tweet to Michael Bay or gone to his message board and written something crass or terrible, he probably would have just been like, you don't like it? Go fuck yourself and don't watch it. And what was I going to do at that point? Fuck you, Michael Bay. I hate your guts. It's it's ridiculous. You know, that's that's how it is. But um, Jen in the chat says no one can ever be satisfied. If a part was not in the movie, but was in the comic, it is already considered a shitty movie. Sad. Or even if a character looks a certain way and doesn't resemble the comics, it's always going to get backlash. Th that is 100 percent true. She is absolutely right. She adds, sometimes I'm not satisfied with the movies I watch, but eventually after watching it a couple of times or even seeing their sequel, it eventually grows on me. Give it a chance, people. Who am I to argue with, a, with, the, with, with, the, with the lady who just won a cell phone? <laughs> she is 100% right, though. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there before I jump into the, uh, the entertainment news for the week. As always, feel free to interact in the chat, mtrlive.com, gfqlive.tv, or feel free to call in 347 Three two four three five four one. All right. So, first bit of entertainment news: Furious Seven has passed Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two to become the fourth highest-grossing film of all time. Furious Seven hit theaters April third and became the fastest film ever to get one billion dollars worldwide. The record is seventeen days. Balls in your court, Age of Ultron. Um, it has now passed one point three billion dollars worldwide surpassing actually 1.30 1.35 billion worldwide passing harry potter's 1.34 well 
Um, the only films that have earned more are Avatar, which is $2.7 billion, Titanic, which is $2.1, and the first Avengers film, which earned $1.5. So everybody's watching Avengers Age of Ultron with much interest to see, A, if it reaches the billion-dollar mark, and B, if it breaks the record established by the first film. We, we shall definitely see what happens. All right, so... I did want to address something from Avengers Age of Ultron, and I'm going to skip it because it is extremely spoiler worthy. And the only reason I did want to address it is because myself and um, a friend of mine who's also a listener of the show uh, brought it to my attention. And we had a lengthy exchange on Facebook about it, Facebook Messenger. And I said, shit, I really should talk about it because I'd love to hear what people think. But Considering that Avengers has not been in the movies that long, I am going to save it for another show because I know that if it gets out, people are going to get pissed off. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to definitely skip it for now. But in any case, while we are on the subject of Avengers Age of Ultron, let's talk box office totals. Of course, not a shocker. Avengers Age of Ultron took the number one slot, earning one hundred and eighty seven point seven million dollars here in the U.S., Age of Adeline came in at number two, earning $6.3 million, bringing its total to 23.4. Furious 7 holds on in the number three spot, uh, taking in an additional $6.1 million, making $330.5 million in the U.S. Paul Blart Mall Cop Part 2 holds on in the number four slot. Home came in at number five. Cinderella was number six. Ex Machina came in at number seven. Unfriended was number eight. The Longest Ride was number nine. And The Woman in Gold was 10. Now, the next big film that is on my radar in particular is Mad Max Fury Road. I want to try and review that uh, that opening weekend. I also want to see Arnold Schwarzenegger's Maggie, which I believe is in a limited release this weekend. And uh, oh, here we go. Fuck you, Slick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, communicate from slick that I had to address. Um, as I mentioned though, I, d- I do want to see Schwarzenegger's Maggie and I do want to see Fury road. Um, just because it, it's, it's, it's Tom Hardy channeling Mel Gibson. And I do want to see it. I mean, if it sucks, Hey, I'll write that it sucks. If it doesn't, I will definitely let you guys know about that as well. Anyway, in other sequel news, it is official that it is official, excuse me, that we are getting a second John Wick film. Keanu Reeves and the rest of the team involved are on board for John Wick 2. Uh, the first film was a film that went under a lot of people's radar and then through word of mouth really, really made a nice chunk of change in the box office. And then, of course, it continued that momentum in on the home theater in the home theater space. For those of you that haven't seen John Wick, I recommend you check it out, especially if you are hardcore action movie fans. It has a solid plot. Keanu Reeves is dynamite in that movie, and it definitely deserves to be seen. So definitely head to your local Redbox or look for it on demand, or who knows, it might be on cable in a couple of weeks. Uh, Definitely give it a shot, but I am truly pumped that we are going to get a second John Wick film. All right, so... Of course, lots of Marvel news this week. I did want to talk about some stuff that Joss Whedon addressed earlier this week. Uh, first thing I do want to say is that Avengers Age of Ultron was Joss Whedon's last film with Marvel, um, which, of course, 
their their breakup has not been as nice as we would have thought. There's been a lot of stuff that's been tossed around. A couple of things that he did shed light on is the fact that the Avengers Age of Ultron director's cut or extended edition is going to have a ton of deleted scenes. The original film was supposed to clock in at almost three hours. And of course, a lot of stuff got cut out, but they are going to try and include a lot of that in the home video release. So be on the lookout for that. He also said that he wanted to have Captain Marvel and Spider-Man appear in the film. Unfortunately, they did not want that to happen. And then, of course, after Sony and Marvel announced their partnership, Avengers Age of Ultron was pretty much complete and Joss Whedon was none too happy. So um, there you go, guys. We were going to get Captain Marvel and Spider-Man, but the powers that be decided that that was not meant to happen. So there you have it. As for the alternate ending for Avengers Age of Ultron, we'll see what happens, but it's almost a certainty that it will be in the home video release. Another Marvel film that is getting a double dip and an extended edition is the X-Men Days of Future Past, which is going to be getting the Rogue Cut hitting stores July 14th on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD. That's going to feature an additional 17 minutes of cut footage, including a subplot with Rogue's character that was going to be utilized in the film, but ended up being, being left on the cutting room floor. Again, if you haven't picked up X-Men Days of Future Past and are kind of on the fence about it because it's, it's been incredibly cheap as of late, do yourselves a favor and wait until July 14th because they're going to be releasing the Rogue Cut. Now, again, it's 17 additional minutes. Is it important? Is it not important? That's up to you guys to decide, but I got to let you guys know just in case. Again, X-Men Days of Future Past, the Rogue Cut, hits stores on July 14th. There you go. All right. So, all right. <laughs> the other Marvel news for this week um, involves Spider-Man, a couple of sequels, and a couple of other casting updates that I want to address. First thing was, oh, no, no, no. That, that that has nothing to do with you, Slick. This has to do with, with what I want to address about Spider-Man. The, the solo Spider-Man film, everybody's been on pins and needles with regard to casting, with regards to directors, what we're going to see, what we can expect. And I can tell you right now that the the casting is down, I believe, to three actors. Um, Asa Butterfield and from Ender's Game is definitely still in that list. But this next bit of news actually is going to involve directors and what you can expect to see on the big screen. Uh, Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal have announced that this next Spider-Man film is going to be told, well, these next few Spider-Man stories are going to be told over three or four films, and it's going to cover each year of high school for Peter Parker. Parker has already been bitten by the, by the spider in these films, and he will have his powers, so there will be no necessity for an origin story. Thank God. Tired of seeing Uncle Ben getting killed every time. We don't need to see it. He's going to already have his powers by the time this film is established. The tone of the film is rumored to be something similar to John Hughes' style of humor and emotion, as well as, you know, a healthy side of superhero antics. The directors under consideration thus far include Jonathan Levine, who did 50-50 and Warm Bodies, Ted Melfi, who did St. Vincent, Jason Moore, who did Pitch Perfect, John Francis Daly and Jonathan M. Goldstein, who did the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation Reboot, 
and Jared Hess, who many of you may know for his work on Napoleon Dynamite. The decision could be made by the end of the week next week. So hopefully if we get it before then, we will report on it just in time for next week's show. In addition to that, obviously, the Peter Parker casting needs to be finalized because Captain America Civil War has already started filming and Peter Parker and Spider-Man, <laughs> one in the one in the same, will be appearing in that film, which is being directed by the Russo brothers. So I have a feeling that we're going to hear about the Spider-Man casting before we find out who is the director that is handling Spider-Man, because like I said, Captain America Civil War is filming and we got some news with regards to that that we'll touch on later on in the segment. I'm happy to report it for those of you that are fans of Powers that has been on the PlayStation Network that the show is getting a second season. I've actually been slowly uh, making my way through the episodes and I've enjoyed Powers. There's certain things I didn't like. There's certain actors I didn't like. But the show itself is quite enjoyable. I'm not shocked that it's getting a second season, but um, I'm also impressed with all the work that Sony did in-house to make the series as close to the comic as they could. Um, definitely very, very enjoyable thus far, and I am definitely looking forward to a second season. All right, so let's talk about the Captain America Civil War news because a couple of things that I have to report. First, Emily Van Camp, who many of you know from Revenge, which is actually having its series finale this weekend, is returning to reprise her role as Agent 13, a.k.a. Sharon Carter. She, of course, is the niece of Peggy Carter, and Sharon Carter's involvement in Captain America and Civil War is very, very important because if you've read the Civil War books, you know that something traumatic will happen to Captain America in the books that she is a big part of. So hearing that she will be returning to the series as Agent 13, a.k.a. Sharon Carter, is very, very good to hear. The other thing I did want to talk about is some of the actors and superheroes that we will be seeing in Captain America because it is a who's who. In addition, obviously, to Chris Evans reprising his role as Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. reprising his role as Iron Man, uh, Scarlett Johansson will be in the film as, obviously, Black Widow. We will be seeing the Winter Soldier. We will be seeing Falcon. Paul Bettany's Vision will also be in there. Uh, Jeremy Renner's jumping back in the saddle as Hawkeye. Don Cheadle as War Machine. We will see Scarlet Witch. Uh, Chadrick, uh, Chadwick Boseman excuse me, will be debuting as Black Panther for the first time in Captain America Civil War. Of course, Emily Van Camp will be returning, like I said, as Sharon Carter. We're also going to be seeing Daniel Bruhl, who is a very good actor. He's going to be playing Baron Zemo, which I'm really pumped about because Baron Zemo is another one of Captain America's villains that is extremely underrated. Obviously, it's easy to talk about the Red Skull because he's the one that jumps to, to the top of the list. But Baron Zemo is definitely a cool character, and I'm glad to see that he's going to be getting showcased in this next Captain America film. Also, Frank Grillo will be coming back as Brock Rumlow, who, as many of you know, at the end of Winter Soldier, was heavily scarred and will be assuming the mantle of Crossbones. In addition to that, we'll, check this out, and this was really fucking cool. William Hurt will be reprising his role as Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Now, if you guys remember, William Hurt played Thunderbolt Ross in the Incredible Hulk film with Edward Norton. So very, very cool to hear 
uh, that film start to impact the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. So yes, William Hurt will be playing Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross, and Paul Rudd will be appearing as Scott Lang, a.k.a. Ant-Man, as well. So pretty much Captain America Civil War is turning into Avengers 2.5. That's all I'm saying. Also joining the cast will be Martin Freeman, whose role as of yet has not been established. Now, for many of you that don't know, the plot for Civil War is for the film is going to follow the events of Age of Ultron with Captain America leading a new team of Avengers. And there's going to be a situation that's going to arise, which is going to force the Avengers to have to, I, you know, you kind of have to register yourself. That's that's one way of putting it and essentially giving up your identity so that the government knows who you are. Now, for the bulk of the characters that are in this in this listing, most of their identities are known by shield. In some cases, the general public knows their identities, but it is going to be a very, very big elephant in the room because some heroes don't want their secrets out there. Uh, one in particular, whose decision was very, very important in the books was Spider-Man. So of course him appearing in the film is a no brainer. In any case, the necessity for registration is going to drive a big wedge between the Avengers uh, putting Captain America at odds with Iron Man, which of course is the big thing. Uh, that's why Robert Downey Jr. obviously is in the film. But I'm curious to see how far they're going to go with that story and if they can wrap it all up before heading into Avengers Infinity War. I think that is definitely going to change the status quo quite a bit. And I'm sure that the implications of this film will be felt in others. But I'm looking forward to seeing Black Panther on the big screen. I think uh, Chadwick Boseman is going to do a great job as T'Challa. I think it's going to be amazing. And they've already kind of alluded to Wakanda and some of the other stuff in the other films. I don't want to spoil anything. Just know that there's certain references that are going to be seen across Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and some of Marvel's other properties that are going to definitely lead of you know open up a very big roadmap to the rest of Marvel Cinematic Universe as a fan I am extremely extremely pumped and um, there's a strong rumor that on the Netflix side we may be getting a Punisher series as well considering how good they did with Daredevil and of course uh, you know we're getting Jessica Jones Luke Cage and Iron Fist as well plus the Defenders I really would not mind seeing a Netflix series focusing on the exploits of Frank Castle. I think that the Punisher is a character that would benefit more from a series than trying to force it on the big screen because like anything else, you know, it's 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 been poorly executed thus far, but I think a a Punisher series would be beneficial cuz you could tell a lot of stories, you can do a lot of different things to mix it up, introduce a lot of other character and a lot of other characters plus Obviously, getting the Punisher back into the, um, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is definitely something that is very, very important. Plus, his interactions with other heroes would also be worth seeing on the small screen. Lucha Lee adds that they should do some more, some more Marvel Knights on Netflix. Throw Ghost Rider, throw a Ghost Rider series in there as well. I agree a hundred percent. I think that the the ex, the Netflix experiment that they've done with Daredevil so far has been tremendous. And I think you could get away with a lot. You know, you could do Marvel, you could do Marvel Knights, throw the Punisher in there, Ghost Rider, and even Blade. I think that Blade being done as a series 
with Marvel overseeing it would be really good. Maybe make it on par with something like Supernatural or Grimm or Sleepy Hollow. You know, have him not only square off against vampires, but against some other characters as well. Maybe throw in Morbius, the living vampire, tie that into Spider-Man. The possibilities are endless, but I'm really intrigued about a Punisher series. Tom Hardy actually expressed interest and everybody's been talking about it. He'd love to play the Punisher. Um, I think Tom Hardy would do very well in the role. I think he's he's the right type of actor for that. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to see it. I think Tom Hardy is is a, is a solid actor. His work is Bane, you know, love it or hate it. I, I enjoyed it. I think it was a unique spin on the character. But um, Hardy's a good actor, man. I could I could definitely see him killing it as the Punisher. No pun intended. Um, last bit of Marvel news to wrap things up that you know I did want to report on is that Agents of Shield has been renewed, as has Agent Carter. So Agent Carter and Agents of Shield has have both been renewed, which of course are going to tie into Marvel quite nicely. If you've been watching Agents of Shield recently, or you haven't. Um, they've the episode from last week tied into Avengers Age of Ultron, and this past week's episode was the aftermath of the film. So definitely give those a watch, just because there's going to be certain implications and certain things that are going to be referenced in other shows and in other films as well. All right, so we actually wrap things up rather quickly this week. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty shocked. I uh I didn't drink any energy drinks or anything to get me to plow through the show as quickly as I thought, but um we actually are finished for the week. All right. So, let's wrap things up, shall we? You just heard My Take Radio episode 292, which aired live Thursday, May 7th, 2015. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, drop me a line, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com or rich at rageworks.net, whichever one is easier to remember. As for social media, you can find us on iTunes. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Pinterest, and even on Instagram. You can follow me on Instagram, rageworks underscore rich. I share a lot of, you know, different geeky stuff, but I also share a, a shit ton of food, and some toys as well. So if you're into that, you can follow me on Instagram. For those of you that have sent me fr- sent me friend requests on Facebook, do not take it personally if I did not approve your friend request. I try to keep my, my Facebook friends limited to people that I interact with in the real world on a consistent basis. But my Facebook page is open for following. You can follow me on Facebook and get all my public updates related to the show and related to some of the content that we publish. So for those of you that are listeners that, you know, have reached out, do not take it personally. That is not my intention. Again, you can get all the updates for Rageworks and My Take Radio via both our Twitter and Facebook accounts primarily. I mean, we do post stuff on Google Plus as well, but Twitter and Facebook are the name of the game. Last but not least, archived episodes of My Take Radio are available within 24 to 48 hours of live airing. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and any of the other podcast providers. For video archives, you can find us on YouTube, uh, both for My Take Radio TV and official Rageworks on YouTube. Either one of those channels will have a playlist with all the episodes that we have done thus far. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. 
I want to thank all of you for listening, participating, and contributing to the show. As always, we truly appreciate it. Congratulations to Jen once again on winning the Moto X. And make sure to join us next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for our MMA and Wrestling Edition. And if you're into gaming and entertainment, you can join us every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. All right, guys, on behalf of myself and the rest of the Rageworks and MTR family, I am out of here. See you guys next week. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. Uh, uh. That's all, folks. <laughs>